Somewhere along the way, Memorial Day became about mega sales and enjoying a long weekend to kick off summer traditions. And those are all good things, but the real meaning of Memorial Day is to honor those in the military who have lost their lives while serving our country. Today we want to take a moment of silence to honor and remember those who have passed. We thank you. We thank you. And we will not forget your sacrifice. Brave men and women, even a few in our congregation, have served and continue to serve today. We believe that it takes a special kind of person to willingly give of their time and even to lay down their life if it comes to that for the freedom of others. One of our own here at Pilgrim, Amy Carmody, has been in the Air Force for 18 years and is currently serving in the Air Force Reserves. She is a Master Sergeant E-7. She originally joined the Air Force because she was fascinated by the thought of working on airplanes. And we want to thank her for her ongoing service today. She has given much of her time and devotion to our country. She has been on five, five deployments in support of Operations Enduring Freedom and Iraqi Freedom. Most of us cannot even begin to understand how it would feel to leave the safety of our American soil to serve overseas. Chris, her husband, is also currently serving and has been for 14 years. That's how they met each other. Their family has two beautiful children now. Thank you both for your continued sacrifice. We are blessed to know you and to come alongside you on Sunday mornings at Pilgrim. Thank you for the rest of you in our Pilgrim family who have served and who continue to serve today. We love you and we thank you.
We are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord. And we pray that our unity will one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. We will walk with each other, we will walk hand in hand. We will walk with each other, we will walk hand in hand. And together we'll spread the news that God is in our land. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. We will work with each other, we will work side by side. We will work with each other, we will work side by side. And we'll guard each one's dignity and save each one's pride. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. God, I pray that today, in a day where we remember those who have lost their lives, serving our country, serving for the freedoms that we are able uh, to live in, I just pray that as we go out, as we love our neighbors, as we connect with our family, as we connect with our friends, Lord, that you, you, will help us to remember that everyone will know who we are. They'll know whose we are because of our love, because of our love. And God, I love this line that says that we will guard each one's dignity and save each one's pride. And I pray that we will do that for everybody we come into contact with. And that means so much more than just empty words. And I want that today. I want that for our families. I want that for our church. I want that personally. And I just pray for that today. And I thank you so much that we will all know, that the whole world will know that we are Christians by our love. And I thank you that the example started with you. In your heavenly name, amen. Now robe in majesty 
Spirit, I will 
Memorial Day weekend, and I have an announcement to make, and that is that the forum met this past Tuesday evening and unanimously voted to begin services again on Sunday morning. And so we will be beginning on next Sunday, May 31st, which is Pentecost Sunday. And we will be starting with one service at 930 and our greatest, greatest desire is to, to, for everyone to be safe, to do everything we can possibly do to make sure everyone is safe. And um, so you will be receiving a letter and there will be emails going out and whatnot expressing what our desires are in relationship to gathering safely together. That will be May 31st, Pentecost Sunday. So with that, we are concluding a mini-series on this strange period of time of 40 days while after Jesus was raised from the dead and before he ascended to heaven. He was back on earth in resurrected form, in resurrected body, and he met with his disciples on a few occasions that are recorded. We are wrapping up that mini-series today. And what I wanted to focus on are the memories that we have had over our time of being at home, being sequestered, being away from each other, with church being closed down, not being with each other. What, what are the memories? What did you learn? What did you learn from being alone? One quick one was was uh, this past weekend, Betty and, and Cliff rode their bikes, were riding their bikes around and they stopped by the house. We were out doing some gardening and Cliff made a profound statement. He said, boy, I did not realize how relational, how social human beings are until this thing hit and I had to be alone. So true, so true. We have so much to be grateful for that we take for granted. So that's just one tidbit. Memories. Memories can fuel our hope and move us into the future. Relationships matter. Relationships are vital. What does the future hold? What does the future hold? after what we have gone through, after what we are still facing. What does the future hold? So those are the three areas that we're kind of moving toward. But I wanted to begin with how memories can fuel our hope, can fuel and move us and draw us and woo us into the future, into what's out there. I recently um, got Helen Keller's first book, The Story of My Life, and I am captivated by it. And so I'm going to read just a few short 
quotes from this book in the early, early, early stages. Um, Helen Keller was uh, lived born in 1880 and passed away in 1968 and grew up in Alabama. And at the, at the age of 19 months, was taken ill. They think it could have been scarlet fever. And she lost her sight. She lost the ability to hear. She lost the ability to speak. She was blind, deaf, and dumb at age 19 months. This is her book. This is, this are, these are her words. And this first one is about memories. I fancy I still have confused recollections of that illness. Gradually, I got used to the silence and darkness that surrounded me and forgot that it had ever been different until she came, my teacher, who was to set my spirit free. But during the first 19 months of my life, I had caught glimpses of broad green fields, a luminous sky, trees, and flowers, which the darkness that followed could not wholly blot out. If we have once seen the day is ours, and what the day has shown, end quote. Memories can fuel hope. Is that, does that not blow you away? It does me. 19 months old, I can't remember back then, but what she experienced with sight, with the ability to hear and speak at age 19 months, it was, the, it was the created world around her, the trees, the grass, the flowers, the smells, the sounds of the birds. All of those things were brought up to her. As she wrote this book, she had reflections. She had memories, however faint they might have been. They were memories that imprinted reality in her head of what it was like, what a rose was like, what it was like to touch the earth. Okay, the second main point, relationships matter. Relationships matter. And boy, if we have learned anything through the past eight weeks, relationships are important. This is how Helen remembers those beginning periods of time. I cannot recall what happened during the first months after my illness. I only know that I sat on my mother's lap or clung to her dress 
as she went about her household duties. My hands felt every object and observed every motion. And in this way, I learned to know many things. Relationships, being in utter darkness, being in eternal night with no sound, no sight. She clung to her mother. Everywhere her mother went, she went for those first few months experiencing this. Then, the last, the third main point, the future holds wonderful surprises. Wonderful surprises. What are they for us? What are they for you? What are they for me? One individual, one individual in her life made a dramatic, dramatic difference. And the individual I'm speaking of is Dr. Alexander Graham Bell, whom she met at the beginning stages of her illness, I believe she was age five. This is what she recalls in going to see Dr. Bell. Child as I was, I at once felt the tenderness and sympathy which endeared Dr. Bell to so many hearts. As a wonderful achievements, as the, his wonderful achievements enlist their admiration, he held me on his knee while I examined his watch. He made it strike for me. He understood my signs, and I knew it and loved him at once. But I did not dream that that interview would be the door through which I should pass from darkness into light, from isolation to friendship, companionship, knowledge, and love. Wow. One man doing what he could, following the passions of his life, made that big of a difference in this little girl's life. What are we called to do? What are we called to do? All right, let me run through these three areas through the book of Acts. Chapter 1, let me read verses 1 through 11. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To them he presented himself alive after his suffering 
by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed in his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And when they were glaring into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood <clears throat> by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, whom was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So here's the disciples. At the end of this 40-day period, with the risen Lord, and Jesus telling them, you need to wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise. You are not ready. You are not ready to do what you are going to do in the future. So go into Jerusalem, huddle down, and wait. During this time of waiting in our lives, what have we gleaned? What are the glimpses that we have caught? Coming to Green Bay for Janet and I is a vivid, vivid memory in two respects. One is that we knew, we knew that God was calling us here. It was very much a Macedonian vision of, oh, okay, Lord, all right, let's go. We're willing, let's go. But the other area speaks to our subject matter and that is being together. As I've shared with you in the past, it was the first time that I, I intentionally was honest, open, truthful to everything with Janet, my wife. I knew that making this big of a move for us had to be both of us on board completely which meant there weren't those little 
ideas of, oh, I know how we can move this so that it, she's okay with it. No, no longer. I did not want to do that at all. And I made many efforts not to do that. And I thank God for that. Because when God told her that we were going to Green Bay, what a release, what a blessing that was for me to hear, to realize, oh my gosh, I didn't have to make this happen at all. God did it. God did it in her life. God had already done it in my heart and mind. Vivid, vivid memory. I take confidence in those memories that God does act and move and speak and lead all of those things. How has he spoken into your life? How has he spoken into your life? How has God surprised you? Second, what does tomorrow hold? What in the world does tomorrow hold? Boy, oh boy, that is a big, big, big question, is it not? There is so much uncertainty still swirling through the nation, the world. I want you to realize and, and recognize that number one, it be, being together, being together. Everything should and must happen together, whether it is through Janet and I, whether it is through you and it, if you live alone, a close friend, a sibling, it has to be together. We need each other. Like Helen Keller clung to her mother months following her illness and everything going dark and silent in her life. She clung to her mother. She needed that. As a couple of years went past, she recognized she could, she could with other people, she could relate to them in different ways, in little ways, as she did with Dr. Bell. We need each other. The disciples needed each other desperately. They did everything together. What does tomorrow hold? They served together. Again, they were together. They served together. The entire book of Acts, the entire book of Acts reveals how they did things together. They worship together. They worship together. The promise will come. What does the future hold for Pilgrim? I know that we're going to find it by being together, by serving together, and by worshiping together. As we do that together, God will lead us. God will lead us. He will open doors for us to make impact, to bring light 
and grace and truth and love and comfort and peace into the Green Bay city, into the neighbor, into our neighborhoods. He will do that. We will be his witness in this area. Praise God. So I close with Romans 15, 5 through 7, which this Greek word together is used 10 times in Acts and once in the rest of the New Testament. Because there's so many different words that speak about the sphere of gathering together. Like, oh, wherever two or three are gathered, there am I amongst them. Huh. Isn't that interesting? A juggernaut passage of scripture that builds the foundation of the congregational church. That builds the foundation of Pilgrim Congregational Church. So let me close with reading Romans 15, 5 through 7. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. God bless you this week. And maybe I'll see you next week if you desire, if you want to come out to the service at 930. We will continue doing live feeds. We will actually be, be doing the service itself through Facebook at 930. So look for your emails, look for, for a notice in the mail. We love you. We're praying for you. We can't wait to be together for Pentecost Sunday. God bless you.